Hey y'all, welcome back. Glad you're here. I'm your host, Frank Burrow, and this is Addiction Warfare. Sorry for the delay, but we're going to keep it rolling, man. We're nearing the end of the series. This is episode eight, so we only have three more. Eight, nine, ten. Yes, three more. Uh, this, this episode here is really where we try to connect the dots, so to speak. Um, we talked about the trauma and the grief and the shame and the addiction and the way the body and the brain works. And we talked about the, you know, the, the feelings, the emotions, it's all entangled. And so we're trying to connect the whole being, right? And there's really four parts to yourself, the spiritual, mental, physical, and emotional. And so today we're really trying to connect four, right? The final piece of the puzzle is that spirituality. The spiritual connection. The spiritual piece of the person. So however you say it, just understand that it's a vital part of recovery. Okay, so before we jump into that, I want to go ahead and say, hey, congratulations if you're clean and sober. I'm so grateful for that. I'm so happy for you. But if you're struggling right now and you need some help, uh, you relapsed or you haven't found recovery yet and you're just now hearing this for the first time, I want to give you some hope and let you know that you know anything's possible, especially when it comes to rec what recovery has to offer. So if you're struggling and you need some help and you can't get clean, listen, pick up the phone. Call somebody. If you don't know who to call, there's a hotline. And it's 1-800-662-HELP. It's 1-800-662-HELP. They have a huge amount of resources. They can connect you to somebody pretty quickly or tell you where to go. If you're in danger to yourself or others, then please do me a favor. Go to the local emergency room or call 911. Don't play around with this thing. You know, we just lost my cousin, Nikki. You know, he was struggling with this thing, man. He even reached out to me and just and, and told me about the mental warfare that he experienced with opiate addiction. And I couldn't quite relate, only that I used to be an alcoholic, but I never struggled with opiates. And, uh, and the, what he explained was just, madness man like he would be clean for a while and it just would haunt him and and the cravings and and it just sucked him back in and i guess you know he relapsed and um uh, you know and it killed him and it killed my father and it's killing people every day so don't play around with this thing okay so you know what we're trying to do is trying to get ourselves to be happy and healthy and free man you know, the discontent within and the trauma and the shame and stuff just gets you all emotionally, uh, and, and, and our emotions control how we think and our thinking controls how we feel. I mean, it's all entangled. And so, and then if you put on top of it cravings and, you know, withdrawal and all that, I mean, it's just a mess. And so we got to get clean first, take the drugs out of our body. We, we got to get our body back right. Sleeping, eating. Um, you know, maybe even getting exercise and just, just getting that body regulated. 
you know, and then we got to get our thinking, you know, our thinking tells us that we're, we're just no good and that we can't do it. And so we need help. We need people to interact with us. And, uh, and our emotions, like when we start to think better and, and do better and live better, you know, we start to feel better. And that brought, brings me to spirituality. Like this is a huge part of recovery. Like there, it's called the spiritual solution. Here's the spiritual solution. Like, what is spirituality? Well, it's not It's not religion. It's not the same. Even though there's a lot of components that are similar, it's not the same. And so you got to think about it like, like this. I mean, it's not, it's not boxed in. It, there's no limitations. There's no rules to spirituality. There's just explanations and, and research and things that just tell you that Maybe this is what it is. But really, it's your own understanding. And that's why I love spirituality. So for me, I had to get like a working definition for what is spirituality. And and I feel like it's a connection, right? To be spiritual or to feel spiritual is to feel connected. Right? If I, if I told you, hey, man, I feel spiritual, right? I feel spiritual. Like, what would that mean? Like, how would I explain it to someone else? And it's really hard to explain. But the best way that I've heard it and I've explained it is if I feel spiritual, I feel good. And whatever that means. And like when I'm at peace, you know, when I'm with the people that I love and, and when I'm not full of fear and, and when I'm not, you know, using, drinking and hungover, like that, I, I, feel, I feel good. I feel whole content and so that's really what we're after man so spirituality is a connection right so here's the definition that i kind of formulated a connection to ourselves right ourselves is very important to others right connecting to others to our higher power you know whatever that is for you that's an open door that's your that's your deal, God or Allah, or if it's just a group of people or if it's nature, whatever. That's your choice, and so as long as it's something that you feel like is uh, bigger than you, because we need that. We need a higher power. A lot of times we can't do this on our own, right? And we've proven that. So we need something bigger than us. And sometimes a group of people is my higher power. It's more powerful. So back to the definition. A connection to myself, to others, to my higher power, and to the world around me. You know, whether it's this this room or my house or or, or the, the, the air that I breathe or... The, the state that I live in, the city I live in, I mean, wherever I am, like the world, this world I'm connected to. And that's why when there's evil in this world and there's this virus and there's pain and suffering, like I, I feel that. Not as much as if it was right in my immediate circle with my family, but I feel it. And so I'm trying to get connected to them. So here's the deal with spirituality and connection, right? If it's a connection, then what can get in the way? What can sever that connection? You know, what can block that? 
what blocks spirituality? Well, guess what? Shame, guilt blocks spirituality. Guess what else? Dishonesty, right? Fear, resentment, drugs, alcohol. I mean, I, I'm just going to go out on a limb, but it's almost impossible to be spiritually connected when you're drinking and using. Now, you're connected, but you're connected to something that is harming you or or causing you to be the person that you're not really truly are. And no wonder there's a conflict. You know, they say my higher power is whatever I'm most connected to. Well, guess what? Alcohol and drugs used to be my higher power because I was most connected to it and it, it made all the decisions for me. And guess what? I suffered. Why? Because it was the dishonesty and the resentment and the fear and the guilt and shame. It was the way I was living and thinking and feeling. I felt disconnected more than ever. And so what we've got to do is how do we find that connection? Well, I got to get rid of some of these physical things like the drugs and alcohol. And I got to get some of these toxins out of my body. I got to start getting sleep and I got to start to love myself again, right? Well, I need help with that. And I go into these recovery rooms, man. And I'm going to tell you what, these fellowships, man, they're beautiful. These people will love me till I can love myself. They make me feel better, more safe. And so there I go. I'm starting to connect with others, right? Before, I couldn't look people in the face because I was dishonest. So one of the main components of spirituality is honesty. And one of the main things that disconnects me is dishonesty. And see, and there's a spectrum. I can never be completely honest, right? But, I mean, in all sense of the word, but I can be honest and I can try to live right. And I tell you what, it allows me to be more free, more connected, right? Before, I'm lying to everybody and I'm keeping secrets and I can't look people in the eye. And no wonder I'm not connected to them. So they tell us we got to get honest. And like I said, that's why I get clean and sober first, because it's impossible for me to be honest while using. And I explained that in my earlier episodes. So now, you know, we're trying to get honest with ourselves and we're trying to free up and we're trying to connect with others. Right. Guess what? I'm also becoming more connected with myself when I'm honest. Because I start to relieve that that dark shame and those secrets and start to realize, you know, I'm just a human. I make mistakes and it's okay as long as I look at them honestly. And then we look at something like fear, man. Fear disconnects us. We're so afraid. But it's self-centered fear. You know, it's always about what about what's going to happen to me or or, or am I going to get exposed or I'm going to get hurt, right? And why do you think we use so much? Because it's temporary relief and but it's quick relief. You know, they say addiction is a selfish disease. You know why? Because I'm numbing out, but everybody else is suffering. Because they have to watch my demise, and they don't get to numb it. So here I am, I'm taking the easy way. Man, getting high drinking, that's the easy way. You know, it's hard to stand and be sober and to deal with life on life's terms. And so I have to try to trust. You know, what's the opposite of fear? Trust. I have to trust the process. And and that's that recovery process that hey, there's a there's a way to do this. 
people have done it before me. I need to trust that instead of me trying to do everything on my own. And 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 maybe allowing someone else to give me direction. Because guess what? That relieves me of that selfishness. So I'm starting to trust and I'm starting to feel protected. When I trust something, I feel more protected, so to speak. That means like, you know, think about it in your relationships. When you trust your partner, right? You're more content, more at ease. Why? Because you're not thinking like, oh, you know, they're doing something wrong. So if the same thing, when I trust the recovery process or trust my sponsor or trust my therapist or trust the treatment center that I go to, it's really, it's a relief because I don't have to do everything. And then we go move on to so the, the, the anger, resentment, resentment disconnects me spiritually, right? So how do I, I can't, it blocks me from the sunlight of spirit because the resentment is, you know, that I've been hurt, I've been wronged, right? And I'm a victim. The victimhood, I can never really get connected. Why? Because I'm, I feel like I deserve what's happening to me or what happened. Or I blame. I blame others for my sickness. And so I had to learn what was, it, what was resentment and what does it mean and learn how to relieve resentments. Well, guess what? A lot of times they say, well, look at your part. Now, if I'm just a victim of a perpetrator or something like that, completely no, no, you know, no part in it at all, that happens, right? But am I holding on to it? I might be holding on to it longer than I need to, and there's my part. But they say I gotta look at my part, and then I gotta pray for my perpetrator because it it's a as like a it's a sick person. It's a sick person who harmed me. So really, I got to start to chip away at this. What am I holding on to? What are these grudges? And I start to see that that's a lot of selfishness, self-centeredness behind all that. See, I didn't know that. I didn't know that until I came to recovery, man. So what is the opposite of resentment, in a sense, is, is acceptance. It's forgiveness. It's letting go. It's looking at my part. Or and leaving the rest, it's finding finding acceptance and forgiveness for them, but for me, I don't have to hunt down my perpetrator and say I forgive you. You know, I, I was resentful of my father for ten years after he passed away. What good was that doing me? I don't need to, you know, find his brutal spirit and tell him that I forgive him. No, I have to forgive him for me. See, we think about resentments as what it has to do with the other person. No. It has everything to do with me. Most of the time, resentment is from some type of expectations I put on people. And therefore, they let me down. They hurt me. So, I have to know that I own a part, right? And then the, uh, the rest is not up to me. I'm not the judge here. I don't need to be reprimanding people. That's their side of the street. But when I find forgiveness and acceptance, guess what? I'm set free. Me. And I had to look at my father as a sick man, not a bad man. And guess what? You know, I found relief in that. Because I know that if 
Maybe if he knew a better way to live, then he would have been a better father. So I was able to find that, that acceptance. And guess what? When I start forgiving and loving more and not setting expectations on people and being more tolerant and loving to others, guess what? I'm less resentful. I don't get new ones very often because of that program solution that that people taught me. And it's such a good way to live. And guess what? I'm more connected to them and myself because of that. And the last category, you know, that essentially, and these are just, just some, just some standards that, you know, I've read about is self-pity. It's a huge disconnect, right? Because it really says, what about me? Or poor me, you know, look at what I don't have. And so we're, we, we stay sick like that. We stay disconnected because we're always looking at what everybody else has or what they're doing and, you know, or, or they can do this. Self-pity makes people relapse because we think, well, look at them having fun drinking and, and I can't. How can they only have one beer and I can't? It's not about them. The truth is, you know, where's the gratitude? Because I tell you what, gratitude is what essentially sets me free from self-pity. And also allows me to be more connected to myself and the world around me. Right? Especially others. Because I find gratitude in, instead of me looking at what I don't have, I look at what I do have. Well, guess what? That allows me to be more positive, right, and more free. And I also am more, you know, close to folks because I'm like, I want to share gratitude. You know, gratitude is an action. I kept thinking, like, yeah, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. Okay, prove it. You know, someone taught me, like, gratitude is an action that... I should be able to, I should be able to see that you're grateful for something. And I, that blew me away. And they gave me an example of my car. They said, Brian, if you're grateful for your car, then there, we should, you should be able to demonstrate that. You know, gratitude is a demonstration. And that's what I did. I said, okay, well, I changed my oil. I rotate my tires. I wash her up, right? I keep gas, get gas in her. And, uh, you know, I get my tune-ups and, 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 and all my little checkups. And so I demonstrated I'm grateful for that car. Why? Because I rode the bus for like 10 years. And so when I did finally get that car, I, I, I was so grateful. And, and I demonstrated that. But guess what? I don't do that in every walk of my life. There's times that I've had things and I didn't appreciate them. I didn't, you know, I said I was grateful for it, but I didn't show it. You know, if you're grateful for your home, your family, and your loved ones, then you need to demonstrate that. You know, show them, tell them daily, you know, give them affirmations, you know, clean your house, pay your bills, take care of the, the, the shrubbery and the yard. Why? Because gratitude is an action. And so guess what, man? I start to be more connected to myself and others and I feel good. 
I feel good, you know, and I'm not always spiritually fit. You know, there's times that I fall into the self-pity or the resentments and, you know, the fear. And there's times I've been dishonest and I feel the ickiness of it. And I start to slip into the disconnect. And the cool thing about in sobriety is that I can fall a little bit and I feel it. I, I, I realize it. Because I'm not all high or drunk, you know, I, I feel it. And I have people that I can reach out to to help me get back, you know. And then the last part, you know, that higher power in the world around me, you know, I'm a, I'm a man of nature. You know, I love the sunshine. I love to watch the trees blow and the, and the sky, how beautiful and blue it is. And, and, and I, I appreciate the world. It's a gift to have what we have. And so I try to demonstrate that as well. And, and I try to pray and I try to meditate and I try to do some things to help me feel more spiritual towards like a higher power. You know, I'm not a, a Bible thumper. I'm not a super, super religious person, but I tell you what, I don't ever shun anybody that does, or I don't have any, I have no stake in, in any type of debate. When it comes to religion or spirituality, because I see religious folks and they believe what they believe and they live their life by those principles and they find happiness in that. And man, that's awesome. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not have nothing against it. I just found my, you know, I, I found my connection in spirituality. You know, I don't have to, I don't have a certain, you know, set of rules or regulations or anything like that. I just have these, you know, these principles that I try to live by and it allows me to get closer to my higher power. It allows me to feel more spiritual, feel more connected and it's working for me. And so that's why I love spirituality and I love religion. I love it all because it's big enough for everybody to decide that on their own. And I respect that. But, you know, uh, I just want to say, guys, thank you guys for hanging in there with me. I just ran it for 25 minutes or so um but i hope it helped because this stuff is very important to me i'm very passionate about helping folks and i'm, I'm very passionate about seeing people you know find their light because i've seen the darkness and i've seen the struggle and i've seen the families be destroyed I've seen it in my own family and I've seen it in others and, and it's something that I just don't like and it's it's tragic. Like I said, my cousin, I mean, she's, he had a fiance, you know, they were going to get married. He's got sisters, a mom, you know, a mother having to bury her son and the guy is barely 30-something. I mean, it's just... Uh, it's heartbreaking. And so don't play around with this thing, man. I encourage you to reach out to the to the proper folks if you need some help. A lot of times you don't know where to go and you don't jumping on the internet and now there's a hundred hotlines and treatment centers and for profit. I mean, it could get kind of scary or overwhelming. So like I said, if you don't know where to go, call that hotline. It's so helpful. It'll at least get you geared towards something. But 
as far as spirituality and trying to connect all our beings, you know, that's all I got for tonight. So I appreciate y'all coming out. Take care, y'all. God bless. talk to you about how to build and rebuild trust because it's my belief that trust is the foundation for everything we do and that if we can learn to trust one another more we can have unprecedented human progress but what if trust is broken eighth grade science class see my soulmate with her quiet ass got played cool trying not to laugh after school, it's time to ask, will you be mine, yes, no, or maybe? She's a saint and I'm kinda crazy, she still agreed to be my lady. I knew right then she would have my baby. From then on, we were never apart, all through high school kept the spark. Our war 20s got kinda dark, but we turned the page, made a fresh start. Shotgun weather, new life begun, two beautiful daughters and a handsome son. New house on the hill with the pictures hung, with the truth came out, left everybody stunned. Hope and trust, so Dreams, open hearts, king and queen had everything. Nice, clean, house of cards. Broken trust, broke both of us. Broken dreams, broken hearts. King and queen lost everything. House of cards, broke apart. Ain't nothing worse than a woman scorn. Pain so sharp, left a spirit torn. Sinking ship, it was a perfect storm. Too much grief for her to mourn. Only one mission, find escape. Not once of a breath since that date. Why can't she stop for God's sake? Resentment inside like an earthquake. Cocaine and H make her soul melt. Can't comprehend how she really felt. Contemplate suicide may be a belt. Hijacked brain can't ask for help. The only reason that she's still alive is the memories of her favorite time. Her with her kids before the lies. If the reality hits, she'll probably die. Hope and trust on both of us. Open dreams, open hearts. King and queen had everything. Nice, clean, house of cards. Broken trust broke both of us. Broken dreams, broken hearts. King and queen lost everything. House of cards broke apart. Everybody said he's a wonderful guy, but they don't really know about the secrets and lies. Family man, double life on the side. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, had everything, but it wasn't enough. Loved his wife, but obsessed with lust. Couldn't lie no more, it was just too much. Let it all out, left her heart crushed. She broke inside, lost her mind. Ran away, left it all behind. Dishes, laundry, babies crying. Super dad, act like he fine. On Facebook, see, life is great. Hide the guilt from all the mistakes. Maybe he should've took it to his grave. What I wouldn't do to go back to eighth grade.